Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time now for KJ and Don Darrow with KJ Carson and Mark Don Darrow on WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. always wondered whether or not Bill Belichick was just kind of half-hearted in the pursuit of DeAndre Hopkins anyway, because the way he's handled his business in the past, he he goes quiet, he goes secret, he goes stealth mode, and then he gets the guy. And we didn't even know he wanted him until he got him. I always thought it was odd with Hopkins that it was so well known that the Patriots were interested. I, I really have wondered, is this a guy that Belichick kind of deep down didn't want and it goes back to the whole culture fit that I'm sure you all have talked about and the practice aversion that Hopkins reportedly has and yeah I I feel like if Bill really wanted him he would have gotten him and we wouldn't have even known he was chasing him until boom he has him like on that that Sunday night in late June three years ago when all of a sudden Cam Newton was a member of the Patriots and we had no idea they were even after him hmm Third hour of KJ and Don Darrow on WEEI. Thank you so much for being here. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. As Mike Florio earlier this week on the Greg Hill Show saying, look, did, was DeAndre Hopkins really ever in the mix to be a Patriot in the first place? I think I started to think like Belichick. I never thought he was that guy that was going to be brought in here, especially after you give Devontae Parker the extension. All right, let's go to Scott in Connecticut. Scott, thanks for holding. You're on WEEI. Good Sunday to you. All right, he just hung up. All right, let's go to text line 37937. Get to some of your comments about the Patriots. What you got, Justin? From the 508, Patricia and Judge offensive coaches as the answer to the oh-so-important second-year leap for Mac Jones. That's all on Bill Belichick. Yeah, it's his decision, right? And as I've said, that Bill is a crew guy, right? If you think about who's your capos and who's the boss, Bill's the boss, and Judge is a capo, and... Patricia was a capo, and Mayo's a capo, so he's going to look out for his guys. O'Brien's a capo. He's brought him back into the fold. But at the same time, I I wonder if it was kind of like this, if you've ever seen the movie Trading Places, like a mini social experiment. You don't do it with football teams, but you say, if we had two quarterbacks, one that's kind of like this undrafted guy from a Division I AA school, and take another guy who comes from this pedigree school that's championship caliber, he's won an NCAA title, and we give them no one who has any offensive acumen, who would take to the information better? Right? Like, is this like one of those stress tests? Like, it's the bet where the the Duke brothers make for a dollar about could Eddie Murphy do the same job that Winthrop, I mean, that uh, that uh, Winthrop could do? 
The answer was he could show it. Am I saying that Bailey Zappi is a threat to Mac Jones? I'm not going to say that, right? Because everything is the eggs in the basket of the guy that you have to make a decision about. Now you have to give him every opportunity to succeed or fail without having the hanging fruit behind him of, well, you remember what happened when the other dude got in there last year? Like, let's just call it what it is. Maybe Mac Jones didn't pass that stress test last year because of his comments, because of the attitude that you were seeing pop out, because of what the shouting on the Monday night game. Sometimes they want to see, is this the guy that's really part of the culture? And we put him through a stress test. All right, another comment. So we heard Mark Dondero say earlier that Mac Jones could be in the all-pro discussion. Well, we have another texter, 781. Mac Jones is a top-10 quarterback. Yeah, they're – Aren't dispensaries closed on Sunday here they in Massachusetts? They might yeah, be. I think they are. They just, right. And, and, and you're not allowed to hang outside of, in front of them. You know. No loitering. Right, no loitering. And if yeah. I'm a 978, yeah. <laughs> if this team is 6-5 and five after 11 games, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, I would be too. Because now you're like, hey, I put money on the over of them winning over 7.5. It just might hit. you know. But again, that gauntlet towards the end of the season, like if what might hit that eighth game is the is that game with Miami that's New Year's Day that I think is in that's that's in Miami right so I think that 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 last game of the season is in Miami because Miami's in at Foxborough week two if I'm correct so it, it's gonna be a push but if they're six and five at the at, at the after the uh the Germany game then yeah you would have to say this is some form of success because Win three out of your next win three out of your next four games or five games uh, or three of you go five hundred the rest of those games and you're a nine win team. All right, last one from a six one seven texter. It's build a GM that is the problem. He's just not good at it. Looks lots of dead cap money on failed free agents and drafting Nikhil Harry. Just very bad. Yeah, that's where I say why are you not introducing some new blood into the fold. On the offensive side of the of the ball, where you can get a better scope of what the landscape of players are, I, and I, like and I get the whole thing about the culture thing with DeAndre Hopkins, and I'll get to that shortly here, and address Mike Florio's comments. Is yeah, you some places will tell you I'd rather have an employee that you know can get along in the environment than the superstar employee who makes everybody else feel bad. Yeah, they'll give me results, but they may cause everybody else to be you know be detrimental. I get that, but at the same time, aren't these all grown men with contracts? You know, like at, at some point, you'd have to say you're here to do a job. You're one of the elite what, fifteen hundred people that play football anywhere in the world. You know, if you make a fifty-three man roster, so if you can't take pride in that, trust me, you'll be out very quick. But as the GM, I kind of have to agree that Bill has kind of missed the ball, and this is what I'm saying: is how are you evaluating offensive talent? and you're not an offensive guy, nor do you have really any competent offensive people around you until like Bill O'Brien gets in there. So when, because you, know, you remember people were like, oh man, Bill's finally spending, you know, look, he went ahead and like, it was like, you went and bought Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> you know, John U. Smith put out pretty much a Hulkamania video. You remember that video, Justin? It was like the muscles popping. It was just like he was in the workout room. You're like, this dude's going to be a beast. Everyone he, bought into it. Oh, Everyone yeah. bought into it. And then... then Dude was beast of burden. You're like a head, your head drop. You're like, how is this big dude doing nothing out there? And then here's Hunter Henry still on a to be continued ideal. All right. So 
that's everything that's been going on. And yes, Jill, Bill, the GM, I've said that either you become, you remain the, the greatest head coach of all time, or you put somebody in there to head coach your team and start to make your way to be a very good GM. If you're trying to do both, I think that's where you're starting to see the strangulation of the talent pool on this team. Because if you're a free agent, you're sitting down with your coach who's also the GM. So, and and how attractive is that for an agent and a player? You know, like, I'm going to tell you what you don't do as a player, and I'm also telling you this as a GM. And as a GM, I'm going to potentially undervalue your worth. Where's the sexiness in that? Now, if you're a defensive guy, he's finding gems left and right. I mean, you know, this guy this guy was like a 48th rounder and look at him, but to the Pro Bowl, you know. Yeah, that's really great, but the other side of the ball is now almost into three years of not being addressed. And so that leads me to the DeAndre Hopkins situation. You, If you heard the parody or you didn't hear it, you just go to the Odyssey app and replay it again. to 50 cents candy shop. The Pats didn't get D-Hop, even though he was right on the block. The fans' heads dropped low. And I said, you should have never picked your head up about DeAndre Hopkins. Let me quote to you from the SI article from 2020, and this is discussing how DeAndre Hopkins with the split from Houston and Bill O'Brien had previously said all the right things, stayed the high road and was professional about it, and then went and contacted Michael Irvin, who thought that something didn't, wasn't, he wasn't hearing the full story. So it goes on to say this divorce, like most divorces, especially sports breakups, couldn't have been just about money. This is what I was telling Mark, and we'll join Mark at the Fenway Clubhouse here shortly, um, that it isn't just about money. It isn't just about, hey, we give you the most, so you're going to come. That business sometimes can be personal, all right? Back to the article. Every player on every team wants more, so Irving spoke, speaks to Hopkins. That's Michael Irving, who said all the right things about respecting O'Brien and wanting a new start, but Hopkins also phoned back two days later And in that call, they discussed an earlier meeting with O'Brien that helped explain why he wanted out. It took place during the previous season, which was odd because Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins had rarely met privately before. Hopkins can't recall his coach ever asking about his personal life or expressing concerns about his off-field choices. But in that meeting, Hopkins claims and told Irvin this, that in reference to Hopkins' friends, O'Brien brought up another player he had coached, former Patriots tight end Aaron Hernandez, who, of course, was convicted for murder and found himself dead in prison. O'Brien also used the term, quote, baby mothers to refer to mothers of Hopkins' three children, two boys and a girl. Hopkins, I don't know if he is now, but at the time, not married. O'Brien confidants say they doubt that the coach used those exact words, but because the men lacked depth in their relationship, the sentiments that O'Brien expressed didn't come across as genuine concerns for Hopkins and his well-being. Check out the article called uh, DeAndre Hopkins on Cardinal Trade, Houston Bill O'Brien design career. DeAndre Hopkins will define himself and his future. So here we have a futuristic moment come to real life, circling back. DeAndre Hopkins in the building and potentially could sign to the Patriots as a free agent with Bill O'Brien now as the offensive coordinator. Justin, you ever work fast food, retail? I, I did do retail, yes. Okay, so imagine working retail and you have a boss that you fold the shirts right. Let's just call it a clothing store. Right? You fold the shirts right and everything so forth like that. 
But this boss decides one day to come and talk to you, not about how you fold shirts or not that, hey, we've got to let you go because they know that they might be paying you too much money. But they start asking you about like, you know, did your girlfriend go to such and such high school? Because I went to that high school. And I know the people that she hangs out. And if you hang out with them, I don't know if you'd be the quality person at the store. The first thing you would ask is, what the hell does that have to do with me folding shirts? And why do you have sudden concern about what I do outside of here if it isn't my friends aren't coming in here stealing? But then they compare you to Aaron Hernandez and the way you fold shorts, who you hang out with. Yeah, you know your friends. They remind me a lot of that Hernandez guy I used to party with downtown Boston. <laughs> do you go work for that guy when you go work at another retail store? Do you? No. And that's DeAndre Hopkins. He's not going to go work with four near next to choose any conjunction or adjective you want to use or adverb, whatever you want to say. He was never going to be in the same room with O'Brien, especially with O'Brien, not as the head guy. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. We'll continue to Patriots talk here, plus get to the Dalvin Cuck and why his values seem to have slipped a bit. It's KJ and Don Darrow here on WEEI. It's time to trend with Justin Turpin. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The rubber match between the Red Sox and Mets will take place from Fenway Park tonight at 710. Joe Castiglione and Will Fleming have the call right here on the Shaw's and Star Market WEI Red Sox Network. Shaw is perfecting the art of fresh. It'll be Brendan Bernardino getting the start in a bullpen game for the Sox. He'll be opposed by Carlos Carrasco for New York. Mark Dondero gets you set with the Mass Mutual pregame show at 610. Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. In other Sox news, according to The Athletic, the Los Angeles Dodgers and San Francisco Giants have interest in a potential key Hernandez trade ahead of the August 1st deadline. The Patriots hosted veteran running backs Leonard Fournette and Daryl Henderson on free agent visits last week, but according to ESPN's Mike Reese, no signing is intimate. However, Reese adds the sides could always revisit in the future. And the New England Revolution played the New York Red Bulls to a 0-0 draw on Saturday night in what was their first match of the 2023 League's Cup. The Revs bring home one point after falling 4-2 in a shootout. They'll be back in action on Wednesday night. I'm Justin Turpin. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. KJ and Don Darrow on WEEI. WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Yeah. You know, there are some songs that, you know, 
people across other cultures, that's how they discover a group. Like, nobody was buying, like, my parents weren't buying Queen records for fat bottom girls. But this one came out, oh my God, I was like, who is that? Sugar Hill Gang? It's like, no, it's Queen. Really? <laughs> KJ and Don Darrow, W-E-E-I. Good Sunday to you. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Catch up with Don Darrow shortly here from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio, which is brought to you by your Ford dealers. Pickup and delivery sweepstakes. Visit redsox.com slash Ford Sweeps to enter for your chance to be picked up and delivered to the Ford Clubhouse and attend a Red Sox game. Remember, Red Sox pregame for the final game with the uh, Reds, uh, with the uh, Mets. 6-15 here on WEEI. So still talking about the Patriots and DeAndre Hopkins not coming and the other corresponding conversation that was happening was about Dalvin Cook and I was one who believed that Dalvin Cook made more sense for the Patriots until I saw what happened this week, which I'll get to in a minute. It made more sense for the Patriots because if they can continue to have a solid run game and if Ramondre Stevenson had a quality backup or, you know, Bill will flip them both, that both backs could stay fresh, that Mac Jones could then be more effective in the pip, in the play action, in the passing game, can get that extra half second or second for the offensive lineman to be able to protect him. And then your receiving core with Tyquan Thornton with speed, uh, Devontae Parker who has speed, these guys now can seem to be much greater than they look on paper just because the running game is so solid that you have to defend. Then the story came out of Minneapolis this week that allegedly DeAndre uh, Dalvin Cook has offered uh, his ex-girlfriend a million dollars to write a letter to the NFL saying that there wasn't a domestic situation between the two, and that price is up from $800,000 that was initially offered. This, I think, may be part of the reason why things and the wheels have slowed for Dalvin Cook. So if you just heard Mike Florio mentioning about the culture and everything and why Belichick probably didn't want DeAndre Hopkins, what would be the answer to say, okay, to Dalvin Cook? I don't know if that answer exists. But again, I, I think you start looking at the pool of different running backs that are out there. You would probably want to team up a second, a nice second, even if you if we're being realistic, right? Because Leonard Fournette's came name come up, and I was like, okay, is this supposed to be a superpower running game here? And Fournette is just starting to kind of figure out how to catch the ball out of the backfield. Stevenson does a great job of it. He's already he was the leading receiver for the Patriots last year. Or do you look at someone with Kareem Hunt? But again, when I say Kareem Hunt, you're like, okay, well, the guy had issues as well. And so it it puts you to a point of how do you not make some type of move for the offense, at least for Ramondre Stevenson, because now the conversation is, you know, the running back position is being devalued. But yet, if there's another way to kind of devalue, which has been going on, it's been going on around the league here for a couple of years, you get two quality running backs. So, you don't need two 1,000-yard rushers. You get a couple of guys that give you 800 yards. Then you say, hey, nobody's a 1,000-yard rusher, and you don't pay out that bonus. And you still get about 16, 1,700 yards on the ground from the running game, which I think the Patriots are really going to have to get to about that 500, 1,600, 1,500, 1,600 mark to be an effective offense that looks like the offense of the better part of the offense in that first year of Mac Jones and the improvement because you now have better players and skill players than you had at that time for Mac to throw to the tight end situation. And you could say you have a confident person calling the offense again in Bill O'Brien. 
793.7. Text line 37937. In about three minutes, I'll get into some of these Madden ratings, which I know some people are like, oh, I can't stand those things. But how can you not, Justin, this, kind of, this just always blows my mind. And, and, and we'll get to Mark here in a second. Okay, well, Mark, come on in, because I have to ask you this before we get to the Madden because I know your guy that hates the Madden ratings, right? No, no, no. I actually think the Madden ratings offer good insight into the Patriots this year, and I have a point to make associated with the Madden ratings. Okay, that's good, because some people were like, I don't like the Madden ratings be the first ones to throw out a bunch of numbers when it comes to the baseball. I'm like, it's the same thing. But when it gets to this Dalvin Cook situation, and I don't think, Mark, now that even Dalvin Cook is in play just because of some of these character issues that have now come to the surface. I, I, you know, there's still an offer, according to Boomer Sison that the Vikings are willing to give Dalvin Cook $7 million to come back, and they may do that because at least they're more familiar with all the elements of whatever story has been going on around him in his personal matter that could be affecting his ability to get deals and offers from other teams. If you're, if you're the Patriots, do you go and get another kind of alpha male running back to pair up with Ramondre Stevenson? I mean, if you can, if you can find one, who else is out there though? Well, but you that's know, the I, thing with the devaluing of ever with the devaluing of running backs. You still, like I said, you have guys like Kareem Hunt, who was the number two to, to, uh, to you know to Nick Chubb in Cleveland. There are going to be some guys that are out there that you're not asking them to be eleven hundred yard rushers as the number two guy. You get a real solid guy that can give you five fifty six hundred yards, maybe even seven hundred yards, and you've got Stevenson who can give you nine hundred to a thousand yards. I think yeah. you then create probably the best one-two punch in the running game for the Patriots, and that would only benefit Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, I look, there's no running back you're going to be. Dalvin Cook is probably the biggest guy, the biggest name out there that would light my fire, so to speak. Right, but but, no, but I guess what we want to do much or move the needle for me. Well, well, here's the thing, though. This is you just want because I think the part problem is when you go for labels. We're not trying to go for someone to replace Ramondre Stevenson. You're talking about bringing in somebody that's going to be able to, you know, get some good yards, be able to give good breaths, maybe get a couple of series in, and not really lose too much off of Ramondre Stevenson. So Ramondre Stevenson, you probably say, is at the cusp of maybe top ten running back in the league. But once you start getting to 11 to 20, right, like now you start getting into names where you're like, who is that guy again? But they could be serviceable. We're just not – I'm just not saying you need to get another 1,000-yard rusher. No, they don't need – I mean, this year is going to be predicated, as we all know, on what Mac Jones does and how dynamic the passing game is. Nobody's going to say, wow, if they had run the ball a little better. But you don't think that the run game game. leads to the passing game? No, it does. But I think, I mean, you have Ramondre Stevenson. I don't know what Kevin Harris or Pierre Strong is going to offer, but I'd like to think the NFL, no offense to running backs, but it's just, it's such a bad position. I would advise any athlete that's a running back to move off of being a running back. Throw a baseball, play baseball, do anything else because it's just so devalued and there's no reason to ever give a running back really a second contract. I think they're going to be able to find somebody or someone that's somewhat productive enough to get them to where they want to go. Again, it's going to come down to how well does Mac Jones throw it and how well are they passing the ball. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Don't have a running back and see how bad it can be. Right? That's the other part of it. Now, you might say, oh, well, look what Kansas City does. But when they get to the when they get to the playoffs, they run the ball. I think in their three games last year, they averaged like 115 per game in the run game. So the run game... Why do they run? They run the ball because Mahomes is nasty. Okay, but they, but okay, but do you are we talking a nasty quarterback here or do you need to run the ball to make sure that the quarterback can be above competent? 
Well, they have Ramondre Stevenson. Right, but if that's all you got, we're going to wear him down again like what happened last year because he got worn down at the end of the year. You could see it because there was, you know, Damian Harris was injury-filled, so you didn't have that second punch. If there's no second punch behind Ramondre Stevenson, it can get ugly early because you you don't have the weapons to start chucking the ball all over the place. You, you've said that. Yeah, I get it. I'm just – if you're going to ask me to bitch about the Patriots roster – I'm going to do it about the wide receivers. I'm I, I'm not going to complain that they but don't somebody's have another got to come. running back. They had but, enough run. I've seen enough runs over the last few years. Yeah, but here's the thing. If the re- receivers aren't coming, you, you can go after the run game. And if the run game is what you do, that's what Bill O'Brien predicates his offense on. That's what he did in Houston before he had Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson could sing, rap, dance in just one show. So you, you, when you have your, what, what was the guy's name? The, uh, the uh, Brock Osweiler and you've got those type of guys that he had there, you had to run the ball. Can't remember the guy's name. He had to become like a space cadet type dude. But oh, that's what, uh, that? for Houston. Uh, space when, cadet type dude. Yeah, the running back that they had. Someone on the text line would know. Arian Foster? Arian Foster, that's it. Right? So you lean on your Arian Foster when you have your Brock Osweilers. Right? Now, am I saying that Mac Jones is Brock Osweiler? I, I would say he's better than that. Is he much yeah. better than that? We still have to find that out. Well, listen so, again. If you're good, if that's what you're going to talk about, Brock Osweiler Jones, the, the Patriots are screwed, and it doesn't matter. So, well, okay, they could get another running back to help support Brock Jones, but it, they, he needs to be better than that if they're going to go anywhere. Well, the running game helps that, and that's why I say, why do you not at least look at potentially a running back that can fill that gap to not overrun Ramondre Stevenson? Why? Why would you not? At least entertain that. You don't have to go Dalvin Cook level because, one, if it's about, you know, who are the guys that you're going to bring in there, it's not going to happen. David Montgomery didn't work. Uh, you know, Montgomery didn't work out when he came in. So, you know. Hi, Montgomery. Well, well he hasn't worked out. Uh, David Rob, uh, Robinson, that's what I'm talking about. James Robinson didn't work out when he came in. So, okay, well, yeah, I mean, they, you, made I, that, you made that attempt. You know, I'm I don't just think they would benefit from another bell cow. I just don't think it's going to take them to the level. We're talking about getting the Patriots to a different level, a level they haven't been on in years. I don't think the running back, the second running back, is going to do that. 617-779-7937, text line 37937, KJ and Don Darrow on WEEI. Here are some of the names that are still out there, right? Ezekiel Elliott, I think Dallas ends back, I think they have. Now, if Dallas doesn't make him a, a, a deal, do you make it? Do you make a run at Ezekiel Elliott as the number two guy? Yeah, that'd be all right. Okay. I Let's feel see. like you're not getting my point here. I don't think any of those moves move the needle. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to get all fired up about Ezekiel Elliott or anybody else. Oh, but here's the thing. You said that Dalvin Cook is at the top of that line. You're only talking about like a guy who rushed for 1,100 yards last year. I'm saying why not look at a guy who can give you five to 600 yards? Uh, maybe a Mark Ingram, but he's injury prone. J.D. McKissick, the, you know, what he did in Washington for a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, it probably gets a bit thin, but you're not trying to spend a lot of money. We're talking about a team that doesn't spend a lot of money on a back that can give you more than what it would cost. Some of these guys you could bring in for about a million. That's just where the market is, especially if these guys are still sitting around. So my concern is that Ramondre Stevenson gets worn down even more and becomes less effective earlier in the season than in, in, in towards the end, right? Because when there was no when was when Damian Harris was back there behind him, and you're like, okay, you can get somebody in there who's been a thousand yard rusher, or it was just a thousand yard rusher the year before, or was the lead rusher very much the year before. 
You know, but now everybody knows that the offense's strength is the run game with Stevenson. Nobody's scared of the passing game. And if you're stuffing the run and he's constantly getting stuffed, you're gonna you're gonna lean on Max Arm and the offensive line to suddenly start become this run and gun thing. If you I mean if you're gonna be anything in the AFC this year, yes, that's what they need to be. Otherwise, KJ, but if you don't have, but if you don't have the, but if you don't have the tools to do it, how can you be something that you're not? Well, they better have the tools, or or Bill O'Brien better have the tool. That's what they need to do, or they're not going to be the team that they have to be, especially in a loaded AFC this year. The AFC, the AFCs, it's loaded. Okay, if you're going to just try to do what you've been doing, run the ground and pound 2009 New York Jets, you're screwed again. You have to be able to throw the ball and be more dynamic throwing the ball, or you're going to be back to where we were and you're going to be having the same conversations we've been having. That's why I'm not all that fired up about talking about the second running back. Yes, I think it could help. You don't want, I mean, if Ramondre Stevenson goes down, I would think you're in big trouble there. But <laughs> it's more important to have a passing game that can... I mean, the Chiefs, all the teams worth a damn, the Chiefs, the Bills, some of these te- the, the Eagles, none of them worry about if one running back goes down. That's They'll because they have a, that's because they have transcendental quarterbacks. <laughs> transcendental like they go yeah. into the woods and meditate? Well, they, I mean, well they go in the woods and come out with wins. <laughs> they, okay. they have guys that transcend the position. So transcending quarterbacks? Okay. It's good to be a transcendental quarterback though. Either way, you need to yeah. focus. So, the, the, my my okay, let's get to the Madden ratings, right? So Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so you know who the top teams are? The Chiefs at 87, Eagles 86, Bengals 85, 49ers 84. Um, they believe that the Eagles and Chiefs may cross the 90 mark, um, and the 49ers, Bills, and Bengals are top contenders for the long run for this season. So one of the worst teams would be the Cardinals at 72, the Ravens are an 80, Bills 82. You know what the, you know what the Patriots are? What are the Patriots based on your rate? Because I think every page I've seen have diff- different ratings. What are the Patriots? 79. Yeah. They have this they have the same rating as the Dallas Cowboys and the and the San and the and, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh boy. So what about what about the Jets and the Dolphins? Where are they? Uh New York Jets, 75. Uh Dolphins 77. Doesn't that surprise you a little bit? Well, that will well, I think it, you know, the Jets will probably be able to take off. This is as of July 19th. So I'm not surprised by that because, you know, the Jets could take off. But here's what here's the 79 that the Patriots says to me. That their defense is so strong that they believe their defense is just as strong as the Cowboys and whatever they have offensively. Versus the offense takes away so much from the Patriots. There are eight, eight Patriots on the defensive side of the ball that are all 80s and above. Seven total for offense. Three of those are offensive linemen. The quarterback is a 75. Okay. That, that's huge. So that tells me that, yeah, the defense is going to be there and expected to be there, but the offense needs something. Even Ramondre Stevenson is right at an 80. Okay, so I, I, this is the point that I took away from these ratings. And again, they're Madden ratings, so we're not going to put too much stock into it. But I was just looking at one of the pages that I'm reading, okay? They have the best player on the Patriots, according to the Madden ratings, is Matthew Judon, who is a power rusher, pass rusher, which is an important position. After him, though, it goes Kyle Duggar, runs support safety. He's an 86. 
Right. Now, we know he can make some plays in the past game, but they have him as a run support safety. That's his best attribute. Um, Mike Onwenu, 85 right. power guard. They got Juwan Bentley at 84. He's a run-stopping linebacker. They got David Andrews, the center, at 83. Right. They have Jabril Peppers at 83. I'm not even sure he's going to be on the team, but they've got him at 83 as a run-support safety. Okay, and then finally at 83, they have Jonathan Jones. Then it goes Trent Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's a wide receiver out of the slot, 81. Okay, my point is the guys at the top of the list in terms of Madden ratings for the Patriots, a lot of them play positions that are not key to success in today's NFL. Run-stopping linebacker, run-support safety, power Matthew guard. Matthew Judon, power rusher? No, that, that's a good matter? one. You want a rusher that's that high, that's an important position. I give him that. I have my reservations because he's been so productive. I wonder how long he's going to be able to play at that level he's been playing at. But And as important a position as center is, I just feel like a lot of their studs are at positions that aren't as important in today's NFL. Their quarterback is not atop the list. Their wide receivers are not atop the list. They, those are the positions. Their cornerbacks, down on the list. They need those type of, of players, of playmakers, and dynamic talent up there, and that is what worries me in terms of the Madden ratings. It's okay. a power well, team. It's, a, it's well, a strong, you know, not what they want if they're trying to be dynamic offensively. Right. In other words, the offensive guys that show any type of life in the top five are all offensive guys, offensive linemen, right? The center right. and the right guard. Where if you mentioned the Jets who are rated a 75 below the below the Patriots, right? Quinnen Williams is a 93 run stopper defensive tackle. Sauce Gardner a 93 cornerback man to man. Aaron Rodgers, field general, 86. CJ Mosley, field general, middle linebacker. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, playmaker, 84. So you see there's a balance in a team that's ranked lower. This is why I'm saying the Patriots' defense, it's going to be there. That's going to be there. The offense, it disappears. You have to get into the low 80s and to the 70s to start finding your impact players for the Patriots. Like you mentioned, Juju Smith-Schuster is the highest-rated offensive player uh, in terms of uh, in terms of a skill player that the Patriots have in this bad game. So, look, whether you believe in the ratings or not or how you feel about them, that's I get it. But I don't think they're that far off, do you? No, they're not. It depends again. Will Mac Jones take the next step with Bill O'Brien? And then they're going to be where they need to be. It's all dependent on Jones, just like the Red Sox and the pitching of Bayo and Paxton this year. It is all dependent on Jones and his productivity. If he takes the step that he needs to take, everything else all of a sudden slides into where it needs to be. If he doesn't and they struggle... It's not going to work for them. And then they're going to have all the issues that they've had. And they're, at best, going to be the team that we've seen over the last few years that everyone complains about and hasn't been good enough. Damn, Mac Jones's number has fallen since I first looked at it. He's now down to a 74. Look, look. That, so the, the, I, I, the one I'm looking at has Ramondre Stevenson at an 80. I think that's ridiculous. He's higher than 80. He should be higher than 80. Well, I mean, the, the whole entire yeah, offensive yeah. scheme said, look, the guy's going to be worn out. Who you put behind him, a 59 guy? Just looking at the quarterbacks, we'll start at 16, right? We'll start at yep. 15. Deshaun Watson, 16. Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo's at 17. Russell Wilson at 18. Justin Fields at 19. Ryan Tannehill at 20. And his rating is a 76. Daniel Jones, a 75. Then Matt Stafford, a 75. Then Mac Jones at 23, followed by Bryce Young, Brock Purdy, C.J. Stroud, Kenny Pickett, Jacoby Brissett. So we're pretty much saying Mac is pretty much the last of the names that you know. The last of the names that you know. Yeah. 
So you're going to tell me that like you don't need another running back back there to kind of give Ramondre Stevenson a breather to help this running because time of possession you're going to need it if you got a quarterback who is who's lost points and hasn't even played a game. Lost has, has dropped a point to seventy four. He's not even this yellow area. He's now in this gray area with these rookies. That's bad. I mean, they're going to need they they could use that. Yes, but again, if they don't get the other stuff. I don't yeah, how do you to, how do you have how do you have a seventy four quarterback throwing to a, an eighty five receiver, <laughs> right? That's mean, the, the receiver. That? The eighty five receiver is not coming. They're not coming to to play for a quarterback. That's they're not. By the way, have they given DeAndre Hopkins a rating? Uh let me see. I'll give you two seconds here. The last uh, time I checked, they did not have him as or as rated um, anything yet. And I was just interested to know what the Patriots, according to the Madden ratings, passed up what, on. What 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 he would have been, according to them? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, he'd be down here. So he's lower than 86. Uh, he's lower than an 84. It doesn't look like he is in. He would be low. Yeah, I don't think they have him up here just yet. So they might not have him as a rate. I don't know. They, they might not have him rated yet. I don't I'm think they have him rated yet because they don't have him on a team yet. Okay. So I don't, you know, I think, I mean, look, I'm at, I'm at Nelson Aguilar at 79. I would guess to say that he is ranked higher than Nelson Aguilar. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing. That's why I say this passing game that people suddenly wants to, you know, to jump off the page with Mac Jones out there, you know, the defense is still going to be the star and, and, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, it would have been nice to get some big time receiver out there. Yeah. You probably should have done that when Mac was being drafted. Go get that guy and pair him up then. DeAndre Hopkins is a 93 overall, and he's the seventh highest rated receiver. A 93 that, so overall? That pissed, That's that, via ESPN. That annoys okay. me. Okay, that so annoys me because I don't know if he's going to play to that level, okay? And this is Madden ratings. Yeah. But if you could have brought in that level of receiver, if he does play to that level and you didn't, that is going to make me, I'm not going to say the word again because it's annoying you, KJ, but, you know, I'll be in a cantankerous mood. You have a sore? <laughs> it's KJ and Dondero. Uh, we look at bets in the future coming next here on WEEI. Thanks for hanging out. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI, New England's sports original. You're listening to KJ and Dondero on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. KJ and Don Darrow, W-E-E-I. Happy Sunday to you. Don't forget Red Sox pregame with Mark at 615. We still got Celtics to talk about, Jalen Brown and the contract situation. Thank you so much for being here. We got bets to the future here in about five minutes. Uh, Mark, what are your thoughts on the running back situation where a lot of running backs around the NFL had this conference call, Zoom call, if you will, to discuss this devaluing of the position. I think they're the ones that have zero value until you start to get to training camp. Because, uh, like, for for example, Saquon Barkley won't get fined until he starts missing actual games. Same thing with Josh Jacobs. I think Austin Eckler falls into that same boat as well. What makes that dangerous is, hey, their game check missed is nothing compared to what they will be missing in terms of continuity if the back has got to get up to speed, the replacement isn't as good. So even though you might miss week one, you could be on the roster for week two, but still not physically be ready to ultimately pull off the game plan. I think there's a secret. I think there's going to be a couple of backs 
that miss out because I think probably the most memorable one I remember is Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith held out for a couple of games and the Cowboys were just absolutely stinking it up. They gave him his deal right away. You think that happens again or you think the running backs are, are not really in control as they think they could be? Hell no. I, if one, if my running back did that, I would say thank you, good luck, goodbye. I would just take a, I would grab another guy off the scrap heap and he'd run the ball probably just as effective. The NFL, yeah, not, yeah, not if you're the Smith. Giants, though. If you're the Giants, no one. So now Daniel Daniel Jones is your primary running back? <laughs> And you just gave him all would, that money. Ooh. I would never, I would never pay big money for a running back. Never. It is an obsolete position. It's not completely useless. You need running backs, but you can get them for such a lower rate, and it's too important to save that money for the other positions that are much more important. I'm sorry. I mean, you can have all the conference calls you want. It's just that's the way the game has evolved. Um, you know, just like baseball, it's just not what it used to be. When Emmett Smith played, baseball was king back then. America's pastime, not the case anymore. Emmett Smith, the running back, it was a lot different back then. It's not the case anymore. Yeah, running backs it, aren't as important now. They're not. I, but I don't. I mean, that's because I don't think anybody's really tested it since Emmett Smith. And I think if someone, let's say Saquon Barkley decides, I'm not going to play week. I'm going to sit out week one and week two. Uh, I feel like I can financially afford it. Well, yeah. clearly they have not gone and bought and paid for another quality running back. They're going to try and get through what they get through, and after two weeks, if they find out, hey, when they had no running game to present, now you're like, hey, we're a playoff team last year. We're already in the hole maybe 0-2. Do we need to do what we need to do to get the running back in here? Now, I totally agree. I don't think the the, the, the scale of what the running back should be getting in, as, as, as opposed to, say, quarterback or wide receiver, it's totally two totally different things. But I think probably what has to be addressed is running backs that are drafted – probably can only be drafted maybe for three years, and then they can go to unrestricted free agency. So that way, if you want to get everything out of that running back, you can. You play them right away. Maybe you say, we roll them for three years. The problem is that these guys get rolled for four, five, six. Is Saquon Barkley, I think, in year seven and still hasn't really been paid? So if you've only got seven years, say from age 22 to 30. Year seven. It's got to be It's got to be at least five. I don't know. I, I can't imagine. If they franchise tagged him and he was a first round guy, that so it's got to be year six at least, right? Because if he's a first rounder and the so he would get four years automatically, they would have a fifth year option. I think they did that last year and then they franchised him this year. So this is year six. So if you're about 28, 2018, yeah, geez. Right. So if you're coming into season five, six, you've got to say, okay, there's no chance for a second deal. So every running back really would just be a rookie deal, and then you would just say goodbye. And rookie deals are all based on scale and where you're drafted. So like a B. John Robinson, right? Like he could be facing that same problem even if he's lights out in three or four years where, hey, you're not a number one pick. You're in that second tier. So that only means X amount of money. And if we're done with you in four or five years, we've only paid the rookie scale. And I think that's where the issue is. So maybe the NFL – and the Players Association says, okay, running back should be able to be unrestricted free agents after three years, so that way if teams want to give them that second that second deal, they can get three more years out of them and still have that running back under 30 years old. I, I like that, what you said, shorten the rookie contracts for the running back, give them a chance to get a second contract. 
yeah. um, and cashing when they're still hot. Because I'm just sorry. After four or five years, whatever it is, there is no way, no way I would invest in a running back. It, it just wouldn't happen because it's just they're not they're too beat up. The game's too physical now. Everything. Yeah. It's too important to throw the ball. I mean, look at some of the best running. I can't even think. You know, there's a game here and there, if I remember right. I think I, Derrick Henry was a force, I think. Remember that year that Lamar Jackson won the MVP and the Ravens right. ended up losing to the – I think Derrick Henry, he threw – but in that game, he threw a touchdown. Right, I mean, because you know, everybody rushed the line. Yeah, so I just don't think a running back takes over the game like they used to. I can't even think of a running back – I mean, think of the last Nick Super Chubb. Bowl. Nick Chubb would He's be one of those. Whatever, fine. But they. When was the last Super Bowl where you remember a running back taking a taking a handoff and having a a signature run in a Super Bowl? Oh, I, I was about to I'm joke sure it's myself. happened. I just play, can't even play think off, of playoff it. Sony. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> playoff play Sony, Sony Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, this guy can run the ball. Actually, yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that the funny thing. Predicated off the pass. I, I just right, I feel right. bad for the running backs, but it is what it is. I like that. Give them a chance after two years to cash it because you still feel like they have some juice, right. and maybe a team gets, you know, that guy who's in going into year three and he's clearly one of the best in the league. Like Ezekiel Elliott would have been. Would have been great for a guy like that back in the day, or something right, like that. Right, because I think he sat out for he sat out on his contract deal, but he was able to get it, and now it's overpriced. So I, I think some owners look at you know like Ezekiel Elliott's deal and say, okay, here's a guy that demands were met before they needed to be, and now he's too expensive to even, or he was too expensive to even really carry around because you know you don't want to have a guy who's making fifteen a year. Well, let me ask you, know, you this real back quick. Of, yeah, just real quick because you brought it up and it's interesting. Based on the situation and where he is in his contract and everything, if you were advising Ramondre Stevenson, would you advise he sit out this year or, or hold out this year? No, because if we're under this, let's say we're in this new utopia where you get a couple of years in and then that third year, I would say after this year, depending on how his performance would be, it may be a conversation you have, right? Because uh, you come in behind Damian Harris, you weren't even activated for the first four games. So you don't even really have a full, let's just call it eh, 16-game season under your belt at that time. You come in, you're the bell pile that last year. You might be that again this year. Next year is the year you probably have to kind of say, uh, something has to be done because I've done a lot. That's why I think that three is kind of the magic number with these contracts and so Yeah, forth, and there's so. still, I mean, the, the, I'm just saying the Patriots, like we discussed, they'd be kind of screwed if he was unavailable. So you have a little bit of leverage in that regard. The problem is, KJ, none of these teams, these NFL teams, ideally, they don't want to have to rely on a running back. They want to be right. able to throw the ball or maybe have their quarterback can run. A lot of the quarterbacks now are a lot more mobile than they used to be back 25, Emmett Smith's day. So right. that's another aspect. So, ah, you don't have that running back? Whatever, Jalen Hurts is as good as you are anyway. Or, well, but you know, if Jalen Hurts takes that hit, you know, no, who goes it. in the game? And then you I have to it. really lean on the running game. So but nobody wants to lean on running backs. Ideally, you're a passing team and you run the ball when you need to, when you can. And there's just a lot more opportunities to find a guy, even if it's not at the top of the draft or whatever, who is able to do that. So they just they've lost a lot of leverage in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, I pulled an industry no-no. I teased that we were going to do bets to the future, and like we don't have time to do it right now. Because I think this running back conversation is going to get very interesting once you get into training camp and see if there are going to be big stars like Josh. Like if you're if you're the if you're the Raiders, I'll say this real quick, and Josh Jacobs doesn't doesn't show up 
Do you really believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is that guy? Is the guy that you need to start chucking the ball everywhere with his injuries? <laughs> no, I get right. you. Right? Yeah, but but you're not going to win the Super Bowl without it. Oh, they're not going to so win the Super Bowl. So you can rely on them. Josh Jacobs. It's good to have, but if that's who you're relying on, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. I'm just you can't saying, win being the able Super Bowl if you rely on a running back, being able to keep your quarterback standing up straight, right? Yeah. So that, yeah if you don't have that running game, no, that's it, fair. Be, that's right. a good point. All right, KJ and Dundero, the final hour next here on WEEI. We talked Celtics and Jalen Brown with the Supermax. There's a theory of why that thing hasn't been penned to ink, um, or ink to paper, if you will. It's KJ and Dundero, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937 here on WEEI. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.